Hi, I'm Helleth Kendrick. And I'm Chris Keane. And this is the Recruit for Spouses podcast. Welcome to episode 11. In today's episode, we speak to Louise Fettigan, military spouse, mum and a veteran. Louise founded the charity Little Troopers. Her tenacity and dedication to the charity that she founded back in 2011 is remarkable. Now, I've known Louise professionally and Percy for over 10 years. We're delighted to have her here today to talk to us about the charity. I really hope you enjoy this episode. So let's find out a little bit more about Little Troopers. So Little Troopers is a charity that supports all children with one or both parents serving in the British Armed Forces. I was in the military myself. My husband's still serving. We've got a child who is, I can't believe, is 18 this year and going off to university. But she was seven when the charity started. And the charity really organically sort of came about, I suppose, in that my husband was on, I don't know what number of Afghan tours after many Iraq tours. And she was seven and just really, really struggling. And there wasn't anything sort of military child specific out there. So what we are today is sort of really quite different to what we sort of started from 10 years ago, a Snowden trek. Little Troopers is all about tangible resources. It was really important to me. My daughter was really confused, didn't sort of understand. At the time we were married unaccompanied, so we weren't sort of surrounded by lots in a similar situation. She went to a school where she was, you know, one of the only military children. And I could just see that she wasn't processing this community, this lifestyle very well. And it was difficult. There was nothing to bring context to her and to help her understand sort of this is dad's job and this is where he is. And I slowly realised that the best way to help her was to help her understand and to include her. So as a charity, Little Troopers, you know, really does that. I really hope we bring a sense of identity. Our core values as a charity are inclusion, celebration and recognition. And I think that's really important, isn't it, for military children? I think I decided to serve. My husband as well chose to serve, but our daughter didn't. We now have loads of resources, loads of initiatives, loads of schemes specifically for military children to help them through those challenges and to recognise them. Going back to when you were serving, what made you take that leap as a military spouse into the charity? What was that leap? How did you make that move? Getting out the army wasn't really a choice for me. It was really difficult. You know, it's still really difficult being dual serving and having children, especially, you know, we had Madison in 2003. Tony was away when I was pregnant in the Iraq war. I was obviously still serving. I still served right up until sort of Madison went to school. So when she was young, he was away in Iraq and Afghanistan and all the rest of it. And it definitely wasn't a choice it was just too difficult to continue serving with wars going on and a small baby and at the time we were based in Germany so we were abroad away from friends and family and all the rest of it so I kind of got out the army and it was really interesting because I sort of got out the army and wasn't particularly sure what I wanted to do and then I sort of fell into a really corporate career I went back to night school went back to college and did a diploma in marketing with the Chartered Institute of marketing and for me at that time I you know I was mid-20s and I really believed success 
equaled lots of money and in a corporate job. So I did sort of manage randomly to carve that out for myself. And I did work for five years in the corporate world to great success, really, if that's what you would class it as. You know, I ended up getting promoted various times and I traveled lots but not great when you're married to someone in the military. It just wasn't conducive again. You know, here we are again, you know, both serving wasn't conducive. And then also this new kind of situation that we'd carved out for ourselves again wasn't working. You know, the head office was in Florida. One week I'd be in Rome, the next I'd be in Greece. It was just really difficult. And at this time, Iraq wasn't the problem. It was (laughs) Afghan was the thorn in my side. So... I guess I kind of had the success that I thought I wanted when I got out of the army. But again, it just wasn't right with family life. But what I did do was learn so much business acumen. I learned so many amazing skills in that job. It wasn't great health-wise for me at that time. Like, it was really stressful. Tony was did two tours of Afghanistan while I was in that five years. My mum got diagnosed with breast cancer. It was just such like a really, really difficult five years in this really high intense job. Madison was young, but I learned so many skills. So towards the end of that job was when, you know, Little Troopers sort of first came into my mind, or I guess more, I recognised there was a massive void for my child. And I guess I utilised everything from that corporate job to carve out the startings of what exists today. I was still worked in the early days. I then sort of went back into military quarters and I got a civil service job, part-time civil service job and did the two at the time before I then gave everything to the charity and now I do Little Troopers full-time. But I learned a lot there to enable me to start the charity and give me the skills I needed to make Little Troopers what it is. And we see those skills every single day because your output is immense. It really is. And we will talk a little bit later about all the amazing things you're doing. But again, starting a charity, I know you skip through it quite a lot, but it's not an easy thing to do. So you must have felt that there was something really that was needed for military children at that point for you to really be focused and to create a charity. But the thing is, at that particular time, I wasn't thinking about, you know, now we know there is over 120,000 military children out there. When I started Little Troopers, my mission wasn't to help all of those 120,000 military children. The mission was to help my child. And I've always said that from the beginning. My child was broken. She was really, really struggling. You know, she was waking every night. She was really distressed. She was really struggling going to school. She was really scared watching the news. She was really confused. She was displaying so many behaviours of a really unhappy child, really confused with her mind and all these thoughts. And she clearly wasn't able to settle within herself. So the driver for this was to help my child. And interestingly, I was talking to someone recently saying, actually, one of my regrets is that I haven't actually ever managed to impact change quick enough to benefit my child. So she was the driving force in all this, but everything I've managed to achieve has always been too late for her to benefit. When I look at all the amazing things, I still think to this day, oh, I wish that had been available for me to use with Madison. You know, she's going off to university now and I just haven't been quick enough. I haven't managed to affect change to necessarily impact her. But she 
was the driving force. I wanted to help my child. I could really see she wasn't in a good place. And I wanted to empower myself to better support my military child with the challenges that military life was presenting to her. So that really was my driving force. I do remember like looking back now, you know, I had this huge corporate job and I was often sort of on a conference call to somewhere in Asia Pac or I was, you know, on a call with America and and then I'm kind of sleeping on my laptop at two o'clock in the morning because I'm desperately, as you say, starting a charity is, wow, it's so difficult. There's so much paperwork. We had to raise £5,000 even for the Charity Commission to look at us. You know, it was huge and everything from getting a website started, all that kind of thing with no money, no funding. It was a massive task, but A, my husband was on tour, so I had quite a lot of space, I guess, to kind of accommodate that. And I was really, really determined, like, I didn't want children to suffer like mine was. And I think that drive and determination is something that people just, again, skip through. They don't realise, I mean, the drive and the determination. You talk about falling asleep on your laptop, but actually you thought, I'm going to keep doing this. And you just kept going and raising that first 5,000. So many people fall at those first hurdles and added to that the military life of him being away. And then when he does come back, it's really tough to reconnect, which we'll talk about later, that reconnection with military families, because that's really important. And then after 2012, I think it was, you then started to gain some momentum, didn't you? And you really started to get some traction. Tell us a little bit about that sort of time. So initially it was about events. We kind of worked with Chelsea Football Club and we worked with Same Difference from X Factor all those years ago. And we kind of travelled round. So I would go to Northern Ireland, I'd go to Germany. We went all around the UK to military bases where they had people in Afghanistan and we would swoop in, do a day for the children, a football session and a dancing session for the weekend. And then we'd sort of swoop out. And that's how it kind of started. We did these huge Christmas parties at the Victory Services Club in London where Harrods supplied all the presents. And that was me sitting in my laptop, begging and borrowing and saying to people, I'm doing this party for kids with parents in Afghanistan. Please, would you donate something? So the early days, that's what it was about. But it was really successful and it got little troopers out there and people talking about military children. And then I guess, yeah, we gained a bit of momentum and Little Troopers won a military award. So won a Millie, which was really great. And I was on ITV crying (laughs) uncontrollably. But I guess that was amazing in that it really put military children on the map. And all these people in the audience were hearing about military children and the fact that it's not easy for them and all the challenges that they face. So the Millie really was a great moment in time. You know, and it was lovely for me, of course, to kind of see some of our success for the kids to be out there. And on the back of that, sort of shortly after, I won Tesco Mum of the Year as well, which again was great. And that brought a great donation to the charity as well, which was fantastic. So yeah, I guess suddenly people were saying, hang on a minute, 
this means something. These kids do actually need support. You know, in the early days, so many people were saying to me, oh, that child, it's not needed. You know, they've just got to suck it up. They're resilient. They need to get on with it. And, you know, I feel so passionately that military children are not born resilient. Nobody is born resilient. They can learn to be resilient, but we should be nurturing that and we should be helping that and we should be giving them tangible ways to deal with that. So it was really important, yeah, at that sort of change point that people started to see that this charity and this group of children did need the support that I was trying to create and provide. We talk a lot about resilience on the podcast and in recruit spouses, but really one thing that we've all noticed about you and I very much so have noticed is that this has never been about Louise Fettigan. This has always been about little troopers and the children and and that shows in the Millie speech if you if anybody listening to this googles and watches that speech you had everybody in tears even Rod Stewart and David Becker I mean you've got some brilliant photographs as a result of that evening and all the events that surrounded that as well but really you've shone a light on military children not yourself and I think it's very easy for people to get caught up in that ego drive isn't it and this is about me Mm. and that's something that shines. And even if we go through to now, to today, what is your duvet check on a Monday morning? What makes you, even though Madison's now starting university and you said earlier about how she's not really benefiting, but I know that she's benefited from this because she's seen what you've done and she's so proud of you. But what's your duvet check on a Monday morning now when you get up? So what we are today is really about affecting change and it really is about all these tangible resources to empower parents. Everything is accessible wherever you're based, whether you're in Kenya, whether you're in Bryce Norton, whether you're in Cyprus, whether you're in Colchester, everybody gets equal opportunity to the support from Little Troopers. So I guess there has been a shift. Obviously, you're right. You know, Madison is older. She's 18. She's going to university. I am still living and breathing this and you know although my husband's on the cusp of his 22 year point it does look like his military career will go much beyond that so I'm living and breathing this and you know we had Madison really young and we couldn't have any more children so I still have a lot of love to give I still have a lot of passion and I still the military community has been part of my life the whole time I was an adult I joined the army at 17 it's all I know and I feel like while my husband's still serving and I still have all this 10 years of experience I have now of little troopers and I'm so proud of what we've become and what we now supply. We're a lifeline for so many military families, yet we're still a financially humble, teeny tiny charity with no office, no big team. It really is me banging my drum, albeit consistently and loudly. But that gets me up in the morning because I know I can make a difference. And these are a group of children that I feel really passionately about because nobody else is banging their drum. This is what we're going to talk about now, the output, which is tremendous. Even I was surprised when I sat down and we did a team call because I do, you know, there are other people that work on a freelance basis for Little Troopers. So when I got everybody together who'd been involved for the last year and we sort of had our team call and we looked back on 2020, even I said, wow, like we managed to actually in a pandemic when everything was all over the place We've managed to put out so much. I was like so surprised pleasantly. And the last year, what's that looked like for Little Troopers and what have we achieved? So 
Every April we have Month of the Military Child, so last year we start celebrating military children and making sure that we're talking about them and saying how great they are. And that kind of came the launch of something called Little Troopers Letters, which was something that I was always passionate about bringing to fruition, but took me quite a long time. So this is about military friendships. So if a military family are moving, they can apply to us for a free Little Troopers Letters pack. And within that is two writing packs. So the idea is that the military child has one for themselves and then they give the second little pack to their bestie. doesn't matter if that's a military or a civilian child, does it? It's their best friend and it enables them to stay in touch. So there's postcards and letters and pens and pencils and stickers and badges and all that kind of fun stuff so and it just enables them to stay in touch so we launched that in April last year our app so we've got something called Little Troopers Treasures which is our story recording app again it's free it's available on tablets we work with Harper Collins, who donate book content to us but it enables instant story recording so if the parents on ship or away on deployment or before they go, they can go on and record stories and it captures their face and their voice and their book pages. And then they kind of zip it up and then instantly back at home in the trolley in Tesco's in the car, you know, bedtime, the child can instantly watch and listen to that parent, read them a story and they can record loads of stories. So that went through an update last year. We had our Little Troopers at School. So this is a project that I'm super passionate about. It's my new kind of driving force. It's about Educate the Educator. So this is about working with schools to really better understand the challenges that military children face and for us as a charity to create those tangible resources for education settings to utilise. A great conversation that I like having, for instance, is like you go into any early years setting and there's always a role play corner, isn't there, where they've got, I don't know, a shop set up and all the rest of it. And there's always a box of fancy dress outfits and you will always see a police person's outfit, a fire person's outfit, a lollipop person's outfit, a nurse's outfit, a doctor's outfit. Very rarely will you see any military representation in that. And why is that? You know, let's have this conversation. Why are we not having military jobs included in early years settings or in education settings? You know, why are we not talking about it? Why are we not putting it on the map? This is not about putting guns in that box. It's not about anything like that. It's just having the jobs represented for those children to feel included. So we were really lucky to gain some armed forces covenant funding last year to expand that little troopers at school project to include secondary schools as well. So that's really exciting. And already we launched a resource hub for secondary schools with loads of resources for them to utilise. We launched a forces life club again advocating secondary schools to get those military children together we've got a team podcast coming later this year we've got some virtual road shows that are going to be coming and then an online toolbox for educational professionals so really exciting we're kind of halfway through that everything will be concluded by the end of 2021 with that project so that was a big chunk of last year we also are Little Troopers Gazette, the first newspaper, physical newspaper written by military children for military children. Again, something that I'm really all about is giving military families and, you know, absolutely military children in Little Troopers case a voice. So the Little Troopers Gazette is giving military children a space to really shout about 
their school, their favourite sport, where they live, you know, some really interesting places military children live. We had some really cute ones where they've interviewed their parents or their grandparents who were in the military. So just literally working now on our second edition of that Little Troopers Gazette that will be coming out. But that was really amazing. Christmas was really busy for us. We worked with Build-A-Bear and we distributed over a thousand bears to military children across the country and beyond who had someone deployed over Christmas. We put an online pantomime on for over two and a half thousand military children. Yeah, I could go on. There's loads more. But yeah, it was a really, really busy time and continues to be. You really are front runner here. And I am just going to say you do put all the other big charities to shame. We had Emma, who's a resuscitation specialist working in the COVID ward at the Oxford John Radcliffe a few weeks ago. And she was talking about her two young daughters whose husband who's currently in Somalia. Her two young daughters are five and three. And she said that the app that she's downloaded is an absolute godsend. She said it's something that keeps her going. That is just one of those things. And I've met the two girls and they feel part of a community and that's a three and a five-year-old that's living literally next door to me. So you are having such a tremendous impact to military children. And I've climbed Snowden with 75 other people a few years ago. And those children, they wear the hoodie. They feel real part of a community, don't they? They are part of something. And I think what is also really important about the charity, and I hope I'm achieving it, is, you know, this dispersed living that the military really wants us all to engage with. They want us to live in our own home. They, you know, I joined the army 21 years ago. It has really, really changed. It used to be you had your estate warden, you were on the patch, you had your wives club. You know, you were quite an insulated community where they really want to change that. So with this dispersed living, with this, you don't have to be married anymore to live in a quarter. You know, I really try to be as 2021 as I can about things is that the only eligibility is that a child has one or both parents serving in the regular or reserve British Armed Forces. That is your identity. That's your belonging, that this is a community where you do belong if your child, you know, has a parent in the military. And you're right. It's so lovely. I love seeing all the kids in the T-shirts and, you know, our little sweatshirts and T-shirts have I'm a little trooper on the back. And they just love it. Everywhere we go, I always have people, you know, if we're at an event or, you know, like you say, Snowden, they're like, I'm a little trooper like they really love it and that's special in itself and the fact that people engage with that and you know month of the military child is April it's coming up for us it's something we really celebrate you know the dandelion a real significant symbolism there that military families really engage with because it is special and I think it is important that we shout really loud that yes these children do experience something slightly different to their peers they are living a slightly different life. They have to put up with repeated elongated separation over and over again. Many missed birthdays, many missed Christmases, lots of moving home, lots of moving school, lots of changed friendships. And that does have an impact. Like there's no getting away from it. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, Little Troopers isn't a crisis charity, which is correct. We're not a crisis charity. The children aren't in crisis necessarily, but... I think they do deserve to have their challenges recognised. And I think that sense of belonging gives them that recognition. You skipped over the birthday card thing, because again, whilst you've been doing all these amazing things over the last 12 months, you've maintained separation packs. You handwrite, is it 300? <laughs> I do. 
just so many I was doing it last night actually that's really picked up so another thing we did in lockdown was we enhanced the birthday scheme so I just thought oh it's not enough it's lockdown it's a pandemic just getting a card and a badge isn't enough I want to do more so I managed to kind of cobble together some pennies and I created so now I send the children a birthday banner so it's this massive banner they have to unfold and it sort of says happy birthday little trooper and they get some balloons which say happy birthday little trooper on them obviously they get the badge and some other bits and pieces that I pop in and I do you know so many people I have sort of meetings and stuff or you know with the trustees or whatever it may be and people say why don't you automate the birthday cards you know we could do that and then you just print it out and I'm like absolutely not like no way I will write those cards until there's thousands and thousands and I need to get someone to help me write them and sometimes I regret that decision when I'm sat on a Sunday night thinking I've got so many to write but I will forever get my sharpie out and hand write those birthday cards I've been in your house at midnight and we are all going to you come on Louise automate it you're like no no and you do sit there and there are stacks so we've had many conversations about how your husband and my husband we've got quite happily have a party where they burn all the boxes and files (laughs) yeah people don't understand I don't have the money to pay for storage I don't have the money to have a great big office like as a charity we're so financially humble and the storage is every corner of my military quarter has got boxes in and I had to prepare 150 separation packs this weekend so I had to rope in my husband and my daughter and then packed them up and they came and got you know that is the nature this is I want to look like a professional out there I want to you know because that's the truth but also the reality behind it is I'm a military spouse living in a military quarter with a load of wood chip and surrounded by boxes full of little trooper stuff (laughs) and you can't move for it it's hoodies it's t-shirts it's separation packs it's medals it's birthday cards it's absolutely everywhere And the Build-A-Bear, did you get Tony? Oh, God. Honestly, his face when I said, right, so there's going to be quite a lot of Build-A-Bears getting delivered. (laughs) And if you can imagine, like, they weren't, like, vacuum-packed or anything. These were, like, 1,000 Build-A-Bears, and there was only 20 bears per box. And they were big boxes. So they were everywhere. But you got it done because I was all ready to come down and help you pack these beers up. And you said, don't worry, I'm all over it. And how did that go? (laughs) To be honest, I did manage to like automate that a little bit. I was like, I need to make my life easier here. You know, I have a great company that I work with that manage our website. And, you know, listen, everyone that I work with behind the scenes as well. And I always sort of advocate this to people like keep your circle small so you know the guy that does the designing everything you see he's designed I've worked with him since the very beginning and I have never met him so we met on Twitter in 2001 I just put a little shout out I think on Twitter just saying oh, I'm looking for a designer for a logo and he responded and he has been designer ever since so like 10 years we do everything remotely But anyway, the website company are exactly the same. I've worked with them, never met them, but I've worked with them for the full 10 years. They do all our printing, all of our website. But anyway, so I just sort of went to them and said, look, I've got a thousand pairs. And they did sort of help me automate it a little bit. So people applied and then in the back end, that kind of created some address labels that I could just. So all we had to do was put a bear 
in a mailing bag, close the mailing bag and stick an address sticker. But the bad bit was going to the post office. Like I was driving around my county going to different post offices. <laughs> so I didn't go to one post office with like, I did do 200 in one go at my local post office. And I think I annoyed everyone in my village. That's brilliant because I think, you know, we get to that point and it's like you're too small to be big and you're too big to be small. And it's difficult, isn't it? You're craving almost to keep that smallness about you and that sort of, there's times when it's really hard to do that and you get little troopers raising money. We've got girls and boys doing cycling rides. How do they get involved and tell us about the little trooper of the month? Yeah, so Little Trooper of the Month is really, really special. It's a scheme that, again, has been, I think we're in our seventh or eighth year of Little Trooper of the Month. And again, it was really, really special. I wanted to do this. Actually, there was a little boy called Alfie. I used to serve with his dad in my first regiment. And unfortunately, little Alfie got diagnosed with cancer. Unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. But it was really at that point, and that was years ago, that I was like, he's a military child. He's having to deal with everything of military life. I really want to just send him a huge hug and say, you're amazing. And he was going through treatment at the time. So he was our very, very first little trooper of the month all those years ago. And I'm you know, still in touch with the family now. And she still talks of the difference that that made to Alfie when he was going through his treatment. We got little mini medals made and I sent him that and, um, you know, a little certificate and he's still up on our website. So that's how it all came about. And now it's just evolved to be such a special initiative. There are military children out there who have had a parent in the forces and a parent working in the NHS. It's been full on. There's just loads of military children out there that unfortunately are poorly, have had an accident, are young carers. There's just so many different real life exceptional circumstances that some of these children are dealing with on top of military life, on top of deployment, on top of separation, on top of moving home and school. So it's a really special initiative where we're really highlighting these amazing military kids one a month and they get a really special bespoke individual medal certificate and they get a nice little voucher for hobby craft or something like that and I try to make everything as tangible and active and engaging as possible so that's that's really really special and some of our little troopers of the month have been amazing fundraisers who have raised money for the charity we had amazing Daisy who cycled throughout lockdown her dad was deployed and she wanted to cycle the miles that he was deployed away from her which was like so many it took her the whole of lockdown every day cycling and she raised phenomenal over three thousand pounds between us and a blood cancer charity so that's really amazing you know there's amazing military children out there and everything we do is about celebrating and highlighting them that is just tremendous it really is and it's mind-blowing the amount of stuff that you're doing and it must be really hard when you read these little troopers you talked about Alfie and I know you get hundreds of applications every month don't you to be a little trooper and you read every single one don't you 
Yeah, we do. You know, those stories are so special. They're so important and everybody's got a story and a journey. So it's really important that they're all read. And obviously I wish we could send all of them a special medal and a certificate. It's really, really difficult to find one a month, obviously. But again, the ones that are Little Troopers of the Month are really special and we have a Hall of Fame on our website where their picture and their story goes up. And one of our Little Troopers was on on BBC News up north. He lives up there and he was so excited, little four-year-old. So yeah, like they are all really difficult to read, but the winners are also deserving. Your secret source is your community, isn't it? Because again, another thing that we have not talked about is your Lapland experience. You had, you take your military children to Lapland, don't you? We didn't do it this year because of COVID. It just wasn't going to be happening. But we've worked with Lapland UK for six years now. And we take a group of children and their families. There's normally a group of about 50 of us. And we go to Lapland UK as part of our Christmas Smiles campaign that we run every year. And we give them a gorgeous day out because they have someone deployed over Christmas Day. And I know you, I've done Christmases with my husband deployed and it's really difficult Sometimes you don't want to put the Christmas tree up, you don't want to celebrate it. But if you have children, you know, it's important to recognise that it is Christmas and to give them a special day. So hopefully we do do that. And oh, there's lots of tears. It's always an emotional day because it means so much. It is a really special day out. So hopefully in 2021, later this year, we'll go back and, and take some kids to Lapland UK later this year. And tell me... Out of the 10 years, what has been the highlight? One thing that stands out in your mind, what has that been? There's been so many highlights over the last 10 years and it's been an absolute journey and a roller coaster to be where we are today. I think it was really special last year when we, bearing in mind, I think, you know, if anybody thinks this comes quick and easy, I can guarantee you it doesn't. So last year, so in our ninth year was the first time we ever got any funding of any kind of amount to do anything with. So it took us nine years to get that traction. And, you know, I'll never forget the day that I opened the email and read that we'd been successful for the funding to expand the Little Troopers at School project because it validated these children and their challenges and these someone had said yes those kids have needs and this project is going to really help those and you know yes you are successful I think that was a highlight for me because you know it completely put our military children in education as a priority and I think moving forwards that's really important especially with dispersed living you know we've got to support these children especially in education so they don't experience disadvantage as they grow into adults. And talking candidly now I get asked very often to fill out forms, to fill out reports, to get involved in stats. And I just, all I think about for me is the spouses and getting them into work, because that for me is a big driver, similar to you with what you're doing with your charity. What are your thoughts around everything that's going on, the sellers report, but just give us a brief kind of, how does it make you feel when, yes, they're raising awareness, but do you think military children, they're really listening to the community? 
I mean, I have different views really on this. So I have a personal view as Louise and a military spouse and, you know, a military mum and someone who's been in the community. And I sort of have a slightly different viewpoint with my little troopers hat on. Obviously, I was involved from a little troopers point of view in the Zealous report and have avidly looked at the report and then was involved in some of the workshops after the report as the new family strategy is put together. I think it's always been very archaic. I think it's a very old fashioned way that we survey or, you know, the MOD surveys military families. It comes home in a brown envelope. It's then reliant on you filling it out. It's then reliant on you going to the post box and posting it back. I guess with Little Troopers, you know, I try to be so relevant and so up to date. A young military family are on social media. You know, they want to be accessed in fresh content ways. They want to be able to message you on Instagram. They want to be able to be identified that way. I do find it really difficult. And listen, Helith, you know this and most people do. I'm always going to give my frank, honest opinion on a lot of these things. And I did it when I was interviewed for the report. I don't think military families are represented. I don't think the right people are shouting about our military children. I think the people that are making the decisions often haven't lived and breathed this life the way we're living and breathing it and, you know, the situations that we're living in. So I think that can be difficult. And therefore, the strategy that's then shaped and the decisions that are made don't actually reflect the people. And that often then leads to a huge cohort of military families feeling really abandoned and deserted and not listened to and their needs not being met. Listen, I've gone to Whitehall many times for many meetings, as you know, where people completely miss the point of little troopers. Well, it's it's not strategy, it's not policy, it's not groundbreaking. And that is my absolute point. And I remember someone once said to me, oh, Louise, you just want to give everybody a hug. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that is exactly what I do want to do. And I'm not scared about saying that's what I want to do. And you can achieve that in ways that don't cost a million pounds, but make a huge difference. And I think that is often missed, you know, I think in these kind of strategic meetings in these reports, in terms of that particular report, I'll be really interested into, you know, I sat on with the Defence Secretary recently, where he said, look, we've looked at all the recommendations, we're definitely not going to be okaying all the recommendations, I think they'll take on board some of them. And I'll be really interested to see if that report sits and gathers dust like lots of other reports similar have, you know, because it was disappointing. A lot of their recommendations, for instance, Little Troopers are already doing. We're already providing that, you know, there's no point in why don't we just use what's already there. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't see my particular family being represented a lot of the time. And I find, you know, I get really offended at some of the conferences that I go to with how some of these people talk about military families and, you know, where they recruit from. And I remember going to one conference where, you know, military children obviously aren't going to university because of the deprived areas that the military recruits from, which I, I do take as a bit of a direct insult, actually. So I hope, if nothing else, you know, within the community, I can just be a real relevant voice of a modern military family who is passionate about bringing change for military children now and in the future.
And I think you're right. There is a lot of, we call it white noise. There's a lot of noise and it can get quite frustrating, but you just seem to get your head down, stay in your lane, focus on what you're doing, which is brilliant. How do you look after yourself? Because clearly packing a thousand pairs, writing birthday cards amongst a gazillion things is something that somebody would be far beyond their normal daily routine. But this is a daily thing for you. How do you look after yourself? I think, you know, as I've got older, I have got better at that. So I'm really, really kind with my time. So I am not out, especially in lockdown, I am not up and out of bed at seven in the morning. That's just not the best time for me. My daughter drives now so she can get herself to school. And I know that's, you know, a luxurious position to be in for others with lots of little ones. So I've definitely changed my ways. I don't work 6am in the morning till 2am. I just try to be as effective as I can with my time. So I try to not work Monday mornings and I try to not work Friday afternoons. And I think it's really important to have that discipline. And I'm good at that. You know, I do kind of work hard and when I need to. And I am good on a deadline. So like I'm on a deadline at the moment for the next Gazette and I'm just like pushing it out. But then at the end, I'll just not work for a day. So I do have that flexibility where, you know, I'm kind to myself with time if it's sunny and I'm not on a deadline for anything, I will just shut my laptop and go for a walk. Like I'm not a martyr to my laptop. And I think that's like a really good lesson for anybody to learn is I know the world will still be spinning if I take some time off. But on the same token, Little Troopers is really important to me. So just not doing it would also not be good for me because it really gives me fire in my belly and it keeps me going and it's good for me as well. So, you know, I just try to be really balanced about things. And where do you see Little Troopers in 10 years time? I always thought that there was sort of like an end point to it. You know, the last three or four years, I think we've really, really like matured as a charity and our output. And I'm really proud of what we're doing. And I really feel like, you know, especially with the schools project, there's a real longevity and sustainability to what we're doing. And I do think in 10 years time, we'll still be here doing what we're doing because it's so needed. I think the military is massively going to be changing. I think there's a lot of change ahead for there. So, you know, I hope that we can continue to be a relevant charity and change to those and make sure we're still putting out what's needed personally in 10 years oh blimey I mean my daughter will be 28 that's random and Tony will probably still be in green kit and we'll still be moving and I'll probably still be looking at wood chips. <laughs>